Excuse me. Has anybody seen That was a joke about the world being flat, right? Was it? Why does it seem like the further we go back in history, the more advanced we were? You're telling me people were so primitive they took a hammer and chisel and made this? President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. When we were successful, we were We had a real chance at this new world order. Two, one. Welcome back, fellow truthers, to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones. And in the co-pilot seat with me, you know him, you love him. He is one of the dopest MCs I've ever met. He's a truther. He is one of those guys that will look you straight in the, in the face and say, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and I fucking love him for that. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Chris from Kill the Mockingbirds. What's up, man? How you doing, brother? Always good, man. You know me. So tonight, or I say tonight, people will probably listen to this whenever the fuck they listen to it, but right. Um, But tonight, man, we have something to talk about that is kind of important. So we were going to dive down a Britney Spears conspiracy tonight. And when my buddy showed me this article i was like nope this is more pressing this is time sensitive and we really need to get into it so um our guest tonight is my boy jeremy and amber and they are fucking amazing i've known jeremy since uh high school right brother yeah yeah i came there like halfway through my freshman year right on yeah and uh yeah, all about skateboarding and the Anarchy Cookbook and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was everything that was fuck the establishment, right? Like gutter mouth and <laughs> after being fucked by the establishment my whole life, e- even though I was only like fourteen years old, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know what else to think. You were the first. I wouldn't say conspiracy theorist. You were the first critical thinker that I think I've ever met. And, and you, I think that really like switched something in my brain. And honestly, I got to thank you because there probably wouldn't be a white rabbit right now if I never fucking met you because I'd probably oh, blue pilled and be like watching mainstream media and thinking that they're telling me the truth all the time. Wow. I, I dude, I mean, I don't know what to say. I just like, uh, that's probably one of the greatest compliments I could think of ever receiving. Uh, it's really interesting that you say that too, because, uh, if you remember a, a buddy of ours who we went to school with, um, it, please don't say names, but I know who you're no, talking about already. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he very actually, left wingist, right? Well, I mean, he, he I mean, uh, it, it, yes, yes, but I, I think he's also leans the other way without really knowing it so much. Like, because I've reconnected with him lately, and it was really interesting. Kind of when we began reconnecting, he one of the things he told me was that I was the first person who made him start questioning like religion and Christianity, you know, and and, and critical thinking and stuff. And and like just to to get that back from from two people 
in in a place uh, that I felt so alienated. I felt so disconnected. I mean, uh, if you remember, like I ended up just hanging out in Mr. Brooks's art room, um, like the, my last like year or half a year or something, because like I just uh, it was I came from a school of thousands of kids into this small countryside mountain town school and uh, just like coming in with the experiences that I had had, uh, I think was just like setting off this this uh, kind of like cultural nuke, you know, in, in the middle it'll, middle of, of this small high school. Dude, and I think that's why we connected so well, too, because I came from Oakland and then I moved to Fremont for a while and then I moved up to the mountains and it was such a culture shock to me. Right. And I was like, what is wrong with these people? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And when you came when you came to school, like I moved up there uh, uh, like early middle school um, or Actually, probably not. Maybe even before middle school, it might have been like fifth grade. So, oh, so you went to the one of the elementary schools too, huh? Uh, yeah, I went to Hazel Fisher, and then um, I almost went there. Yeah, and then and then um, in seventh grade, they told us they were opening the new middle school in Avery. Yep. And uh, yeah, we were the first graduating class of that school. That was pretty awesome. But when you came up, it was like a breath of fresh air because I was like, I'm not the only fucking freak. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's a compliment, man. That is too good. Yeah. Um, So why don't you tell us a little bit about your backstory and before we get into why our, what our topic is today, what we brought you on for. Um, why don't you give us a little bit of your backstory, what you've been through and how you are here, where you are now. And I also want to hear about your business too. Okay. 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 So there's, there's a lot to say, but, um, in a nutshell, born in Stockton in 81. Um, I have no memory of my parents ever getting along or loving one another. So, um, kind of something I've come to grips with throughout the years I mean I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who have never seen their parents love one another but it's it's kind of a trippy thing because it's not like they weren't in each other's lives they split up when I was three and they've just never gotten along you know so um there was like from the get-go there was a lot of turbulence involved in my life and I guess I could say there was you know like a a an amount of, of trauma in, you know, and especially in like emotional and mental ways. So like things were never like the easiest or the smoothest or the most comfortable. Um, and so I, I did see from like the get-go, like it wasn't silver spooned and, and, and like it, thing, life wasn't gentle from the get-go. So I had questions, you know, from, from the time that I, ever since I could remember, I, I had questions, why are things the way they are? Like, why don't my parents get along? Why are my parents split up? You know, like, and my dad was Jewish and my mom was, I guess her family was Christian. Uh, so I was, you know, faced with all these contradictions and stuff. And so I, I was just like, there was just a lot of of this. There was no um, foundation. No foundation and dissonance being just shoved in my face w- w- without even trying. And so, I mean, I was always a kid in whether it was a Sunday school classroom or the, the academic uh, educational institution classroom. 
um, asking the questions that uh, I think a lot of people who maybe had like a, a little bit of an easier time, um, the, the questions that they overlooked, you know, maybe the things that they didn't think about because they didn't quite have the, um, as extreme of an experience as, as I did. But at the same time, you know, like as much as I may have benefited in some ways, like being able to carry on adult conversations at a, a very, very young age um, and keep up with the concepts and ideas that adults are discussing, um, you know, it, it, I guess it, you could say it worked me in a way, you know, and so down the line, I did pay consequences, you know, like uh, coming from these extreme experiences. Um, I think I was a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. I, I sought out pretty extreme experiences. And so it led me down, you know, some pretty dark paths and stuff. But, you know, as far down the dark paths as you do get led, you know, if you survive those, those experiences, coming out of them, you know, you come, you, you make these transformations and, you know, you become a new person numbers of times throughout your life. And, uh, you know, you really find the value in life when you're pushed to struggle and be challenged, you know, by life in so many ways. And, and even, you know, by myself being challenged by myself, uh, I, I mean, I gotta say, like, uh, coming from not the most pleasant young um, experiences, like, I, I definitely kind of, like, did things that made it hard for myself, and, you know, like, I don't know, like, was maybe unintentionally trying to, like, uh, challenge my, my life, my existence in a lot of ways, you know, because I did find myself in these situations where, like, I, I did have to struggle for my life in ways that, I don't know, like, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people that, that are, are out there who do experience, but, you know, a lot of people who don't experience these extremities of existence and stuff. And so it leads me, you know, to, to ask and to wonder and to, and to question um, to the point that I'm willing to uh, exist in an extent of discomfort in order to exist in truth, you know, and now, this is why something that I always say and I like to make really, really clear is that, in my opinion, the ugliest truth is always more beautiful than the prettiest lie. Uh, and I think that's something to think about. 100%, brother. I love the way that you said that. Uh, Amber, would you please uh, like to introduce yourself, uh, give us a little bit about your background, and then... <laughs> You forgot to tell us about your business, and we really want to hear about that as well. So, Shit. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Uh, I was also born in Stockton in 91. I met Jeremy in 2011. And similar to you, Catalyst, it was kind of like this awakening from the Matrix. He was a Morpheus-like character for me who, like, I always had these questions. I was raised in a really kind of conservative household. But you always have these questions lingering again. He was one of the first pe persons I met that I could ask these questions and he was asking the same questions and not only was he asking the same questions, but he had thought about the answers and we kind of just grew from there, you know, when you don't feel alone, you start to gain a community of people and I discovered people in my peer group also had similar questions and we see the trials and tribulations we're going through. But there's also resolution and we can talk about problems all day, but it's when you really start talking about integrating problems rather than enduring cataclysmic change. 
And that's what I love most about Jeremy is like, not only does he help recognize the problems, but he's creative and solution recognizing as well. What we can do, you know, in the yeah. larger scheme of things. He gave me hope, mm -hmm. I guess, you know, I felt dismal in life and alone. And when I met him, mm -hmm. you know, it was just an awakening that we're all alone, but kind of like Ram Dass says, we're all walking each other home, you know. That's a beautiful, and that's so a beautiful we've thing. been together for a decade, the most amazing decade. And he did start off as JP Fosad. And together we have grown a business called Cosmic Fractal Magnitudes. And, and it's very multifaceted. <laughs> okay, so what does it involve? It um, you guys hate weed, right? You hate marijuana <laughs> with oh, a passion. Really? <laughs> with a passion. <laughs> yeah so we are california babes absolutely we love the industry we love the culture everything about cannabis it is a sacred plant it is medicine recreational it's medicinal you know we're just trying to bring these terminologies to light you know? this is a business that truly grew out of an occupation um, when we got together, one of our first occupations together uh, was, you know, supporting ourselves was uh, going from um, the area that we met in to Lake County and uh, living and working on a farm, um, growing and trimming. And like we lived in tents at gardens and we spent um, hours upon hours every day hand watering and deleafing and uh, getting caterpillars and grasshoppers out and staking and tying, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of plants. We were out there with like somewhere between five and 10 gardens of anywhere between 50 and 100 plants. And these things like by the end were twice, at least twice as tall as me, almost three times. These things were huge, the biggest plants I'd ever seen in my life. And, you know, we have maintained, uh, at least some footing in the the culture and, and the industry ever since we met in 2011 and went out to that first farm um but after spending you know 10 years well probably it took about five years or so for us to start really culminating what became our business um but after spending so much time on on these farms and working on them and seeing what what the waste products were and um, just having an, a natural kind of sense of, of sustainability and like reusability and looking in, in, in every place where we can reduce waste and harm and negative impact that humans have on, on the, our environment, um, we, we started to press and dry some of the leaves and some of the small flowers that we were cutting out from the middle of the plants to open the plants up for them to get more light and room to grow and stuff. And, and then we started, you know, getting like some these clear frames, you know, with, with the, the float frame with just two panes of glass and we, we'd put these pressed pieces of plant in, in the frames um, and we ended up getting picked up by a tattoo shop in Oakland, getting an art show a couple of years and, you know, trying to do at least a semi yearly, uh, like every other year, at least trying to put together a series since we started doing this. And it's kind of just grown 
we did the the emerald cup uh in 2019 we had a booth in the vip lounge where we were offering live demonstrations of uh actually putting some of our art together where we got to meet uh tommy chong uh who was a really cool guy and we gifted nice. him a piece of our art but uh so we call it botanical mandala art and it is a take off of a retro style art of preservation with kind of a new style take with the mandala effect. I call it a contemporary take on a traditional form of art because it really is traditional form of, you know, the pressing and preserving these botanicals. And we've grown and uh, reached out of cannabis and begun to collect a lot of like wildflowers. And uh, the last year we worked with a farm in Mendocino that um, actually produces just all kinds of flowers and things and does bouquets and sells them at the farmer's market and stuff. And um, every farmer's market, uh, FloraQuest Farms would donate the flowers to us that didn't sell at the farmer's market that they were just gonna end up getting rid of anyway. And so right now we have a massive arsenal of, of material to work with, but we have a whole series of videos uh, showing us putting together uh, our 2021 series uh, available on YouTube at FOSAD5150 and JP FOSAD. They're two channels. Uh, JP FOSAD is kind of a behind the scenes. You get like a lot of raw clips and stuff, a lot of my live streams. FOSAD5150 has a lot more produced stuff. Um, it has our medium length film that we made uh, the summer of 20. 19 when we went oh, on i remember trip. that i forgot yeah, about I mean, that you just brought it up that was a great film <laughs> i was like oh my god this guy's making incredible films like thank you, thank I need you. To and that's part of our business too that's part of our business too and you know it's an arts and entertainment business you know and everything we do has to do with either an art or an entertainment and you know like so i have my drone license i fly drones fpv and cinema i've got a bunch of gopro cameras and a nikon that i work with and I try to always, you know, be working on something, you know, little shorts here and there, or whatever I can. But we also have stuff like she does a lot of food. She uh, worked at Lenote um, as their head uh, baker, uh, which Lenote's a, a really prominent place, uh, a restaurant in Berkeley. And she has a lot of experience in the culinary arts. And she does a lot of stuff where she takes traditionally very popular dishes and she will create substitutions for them to make them vegan, gluten-free, um, you know, any kind of uh, allergies, that, you know, or, or preferences in, in diet that someone might have. She's really good at finding ways to recreate these traditionally popular dishes in, in healthier manners uh that allow for um everyone to be able to enjoy them you know like personally i have a lot of dietary restrictions and so i think that's where that kind of grew out of and we have some ideas to put together like a restaurant and an airbnb if we can eventually get around to it i think you guys will you guys you guys are incredible you're like a powerhouse like i know that i know that jp was such an inspiring person uh when i met him and then after I re-met him when you guys have been <laughs> together. I was like, wow, this guy is really grounded now. 
he yeah. he's confident about himself he uh it, it's it's incredible you're really health conscious too and please tell me you don't use soy in your in any of your <laughs> hell no hell, i mean you gotta know man if we're worried about genetically engineered mosquitoes man we best not be using soy yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh before we get into our topic for the night and and man that is a great backstory you guys are such an awesome awesome <laughs> I don't even I don't even consider you as one or the other. It's like when I think of either one of you, it's like you are together. It's like a yin and a yang. You come you come as as one. And I've never known a couple that is like <laughs> meshed so fucking well. And yeah, I think that most of the people listening should be jealous of you guys a little bit. <laughs> um, but before we get into our our uh, topic tonight, um my my friend Sean here, he he likes to internalize a lot of things and then he'll unload on you. So everything <laughs> yes. that you just yes. said, I'm sure he has at least one or two questions before we get into our topic tonight. So Sean, away. take it away. No, yeah, like it sounds great. Like I like the whole idea, of, especially when you said, uh, you know, against soy. I think people forget how important it is to, uh, what's it called, uh, be health conscious especially the more we live right the older we get like the closer like i'm pushing almost close to 40 the closer you get to 40 the more we have to be uh conscious of what we're eating so as far as like the art and stuff that you guys are doing are you guys uh um what's it called anybody can buy this anywhere like on your you guys yeah, have a website or we have a website yeah we actually website. can i stop you guys right there yeah yeah because Jeremy hit me up a couple months ago and I was going to do this and I haven't done it just simply because I was really trying to get grounded, but I don't know if it's active yet, but once he tells you his website, if you enter promo code rabbit, you might just get a discount. (laughs) I do believe, I do believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will double check um, when we're done here to make sure that that is absolutely correct. Um, If it's not correct, I'll make it correct. There but, you uh, go. As far as I know, uh, yeah, that that is correct. And so the website is cosmicfractalmagnitudes.com. And not only do we sell our original art that we make with the plants, but uh, a lot of people would come to us uh, along our journey and say, you know, like, I don't have a place for this. Or are you kidding? You want $300 for this? And, you know, I'm like, yeah, dude, it's in like epoxy resin and it's going to yeah. last you years and years and like tons of hours of work and intention work went into this. They're like, but dude, I wear a T-shirt like, no, like, you know, if you had shirts, I'd totally pick up it. So so. In the process of making these, I started taking pictures of the botanical mandala before we actually put it on the canvas or, you know, whatever surface we put it on. And then I used an app to make this mirror image of the mandala. Um, and I got together with a buddy of mine who, did, who does some graphic design in the Bay, and he would just drop out the background, um, you know, pump the colors a little bit for print and send it back to me in a high quality PNG. Um, and then there's these websites that I can just upload our artwork to, and they have a catalog of blank items. And so it's like this print on demand. And so I design the items. And anytime someone places an order on our website, the items that they order are printed um, based on the order. There's never any waste. There's never any old products that don't sell. Um, I don't have to have a storage unit with a whole inventory of stuff in it. I don't have to spend time keeping inventory of items I have. 
um and tracking orders because <laughs> i do, yeah. oh, I do yeah. shipping every day you know as my regular day job so like that's what i tell people i go print on demand is the way to go i think because you have to do the work so if ups loses the package they're gonna call me and i have to be like oh man then i gotta call ups and figure out it's a headache i have to already do that at work so i totally agree not just the waste but just the time consumption that it takes to do all that it's real streamlined with the websites they got out there. And so we're like, well, here it is. You know, here's our T-shirts. We got dresses. We got mugs. We got, you know, freaking everything from blankets to shower curtains, bath mats, rugs, blank. Like, dude, they got so many awesome items in these print-on-demand websites. And, like, I just took the whole year of 2020 while we were locked down. As hell. I mean, you know, locked down is like we decided to be. But I, I took that opportunity <laughs> when things were locked down to really go to town and uh, we have over a thousand items that are super affordable that have uh, 10 of our different botanical mandala designs and they are from our 2020 series our pandemic series um, and then the art is also on the website too so uh, you know you can pick up a piece of art and then you can also grab a t-shirt that matches the piece of art that you pick up and then we also got into nfts um, oh, over nice. this uh, pandemic and you know, I, I have a wearable um, that's connected to OpenSea, and you can also pick up uh, one of 420 NFTs of each of the 10 designs for a really affordable price. Uh, they're like somewhere around $4.20 in Ether plus the gas fees. So if you're into NFTs, go check out Post at 5150 on Rarible or OpenSea and grab some of our Botanical Mandala NFTs. Guys, go check that out. You can't even get a gallon of gas for $4. Come on now. <laughs> and what a romantic gift to give your girl. You know what I mean? Like, hey, look at this. Like, she's not going to know. That's so original. Like, you have to be original. You know what I mean? You can't just come up with, like, hey, it's a flower. Be like, it's going to be so artistic. I think that would be, that's a good one. I'm just saying. <laughs> Very original. <laughs> it's awesome. And if there you guys, and, and I don't know if we're live streaming on your platform right now, uh, JP. I think but so. I think so. If, if the people watching on Rumble and Roku and fuck YouTube for kicking me <laughs> off, but the people watching me on Roku and Rumble on the Patriot Podcast Network, if you look down at the corner right now or down, uh, down at the bottom of your screen, you are going to see streaming their website right now. So go check that out and enter the promo code rabbit. And what percentage do they get? Uh, 5, 10, 15? What is it? Oh, uh, it's probably like 10 or 15%. I'd have to, I'd have to look, or maybe it's 13. Maybe I did 13 just to kind of be, be uh, <laughs> about it. Oh, you, you did 13. So you could be like, see if anybody catches the Masonic number in this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that's, you know, I like to do that a lot too. You know, it's, a, it's huge in filmmaking and stuff is putting little, little symbols and stuff in, in metaphors and stories that uh, only people who are really paying attention catch on. And I think that might be why I've caught on to a lot of the things that these elites do as well, because they, they like to tell us the truth in our face uh, through some, um roundabout way <laughs> right right through some way where they can oh that, that's you know that's not the truth that's a story you know that's a movie that's you know that's this or that you know like <laughs> yeah speaking on that so there's a, a new show and i haven't i haven't watched it yet but uh isaac weissop just his... yes oh, i just heard that one today that's why I, I haven't seen it either but <laughs> What is and it? It's called Flesh, and it's Flesh. supposedly based off of a book that was written about this guy that's actually a true story. 
Um, and it's about, um, you know, the whole uh, Bramovich shit, like uh, not necessarily to do with her, but like spirit cooking and um, torturing people, adrenochrome. And oh, right, sucking, right. Sucking blood. Uh, just I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing it uh, just because I've I seen shit. weird, crazy shit, you know, because... You know you know, I was telling Amber earlier, I was like, man, these fuckers can't wait to start World War III so they can go down in their little Pleasure Island bunkers where they probably got all their fucking shit that they can't <laughs> have out here. And they're like, yeah, bring it on. We'll go chill in our bunkers where we got all our nasty little stuff anyway, you know, and, and who suffers for it? You and me and everybody else getting, you know, nuked, you know, by these psychos. You the mean plebs? You mean ple- <laughs> Pleasure Island, the place they were talking about in the movie Pinocchio? That Disney movie Pinocchio where they bring all the little boys to Pleasure Island and then when they return, they're not little boys anymore. Yeah, the the Pleasure Island, it's a metaphor. Yep, that one. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, in that flesh, what he was, uh, like I said, I haven't seen it or read the book. The book that he was talking about is actually like like an Illuminati type of book where the guy talks about like all these things he's been involved. And the series is not necessarily um, supposed to be about the book. But he was comparing the two and kind of seeing the similarities, like you were saying, like how they sprinkle in a little bit of truth in there. Mm -hmm. And then like the same details, like some of the certain details and as he says in the book that the details are so believable because they're so like out there where you're like, whoa, that's that's pretty, especially for the time when it was written. So, yeah, I'm interested to see that uh, show flesh, too, and then uh, read that book and see the similarities and what jumps out because I think they do do that because I believe that they need like our permission somehow. Like there's some kind of laws of the universe that these elite or whatever, like they have, they can't like necessarily uh, whether you believe in God or subscribe to a creator, there's something right. Like that in my belief that there is some kind of creator and that there's these laws that they can't bypass. They have to get our acceptance. That's what our free will. And I think that's the point, whether they do it, whether they do it deceptively or not. Right. That was the whole mm-hmm. thing with 9-11. That was a total deceptive acceptance of America. It has to do with proof of character. And it's a test of proof of character, whether you, you know, give over your consent or not. You know, and it, it does tie into biblical stories and stuff where, you know, you we will be tested and put through the most difficult challenges we've ever known in, in life. Uh, but it, I mean, this is what is temporary, you know, and so if you don't prove yourself here, how is the ultimate being or source going to trust you, you know, to perform efficaciously as an infinite being you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, you, sure. you, you got you to prove to the universe that like you can do the right thing without being watched before they let you in to the infinite club. I, I would the think real, I would take it one, I'll take it one step further. I think it's us like, you know, it's not for anybody else. It's us seeing it. You know what I mean? I think that's we can't be yeah. a part of it until we yeah. see it like our journey isn't complete until we understand we have the confidence. We have the way to uh, put it all together or we can't be because then it, there's no existence without that that confidence and knowledge of that. I totally agree with that. I do too, 100%. Um, is my hat backwards, by the way? Because I just noticed that I'm reading your Raiders hat perfectly and my catalyst. Your, says- hat, your hat is totally not backwards. Like it. Yeah. Okay, so you guys see a mirrored image of me. I see a fucking real image of me. Okay, perfect. 
or I see a mirrored image. You see the real. Yes. Got yes. It. Okay. Or, or are you? <laughs> no. <laughs> guys, we're going to jump into something that's really important right now. And I want you guys, especially people that live in California. Now, this is something that's been going on in Florida for a long fucking time. Uh-huh. And I've been trying to get to the bottom of how they're trying to pass these certain laws to release mosquitoes um, into Florida on the human population and what their reasoning behind genetically modifying these mosquitoes is. And, you know, with every great con comes a great backstory. So I'm going to play this clip real quick. And then uh, I'm going to let you guys get into what you know about this, because um, I didn't want to dive too deep down into this because I, I really like to learn things when I have people on my podcast and I don't want to know more than the person that's coming on. So um, I purposely stayed away from this for the past few days after you we decided you were going to come on the show. But, you know, I, I'm curious, so I had to dig a little bit. And I'm going to play this clip and then I'm going to let you take it for a little bit, JP. Aedes aegypti is a species of mosquito that's known to extend diseases like chikungunya, Zika, and dengue, which can lead to epidemics. Nearly all of California is included in this map, and it's led the government to board on a bold and potentially risky plan, sending genetically engineered mosquitoes out into the wild to diminish the population of Aedes aegypti. An article in the Los Angeles Times explores the ideas at the heart of the plan as well as the explanations why some residents are concerned about its significances. The mosquitoes were designed by the company Oxitec. Essentially, when the males mate with female Aedes aegypti, the resulting female offspring die. Given the speed at which mosquitoes reproduce, this can, in theory, have a considerable effect on plummeting the mosquito population. The EPA is in favor of this experiment going onward in California's Tulare County. California's state government still needs to approve it, however, and given that this technology is in its early days, there are plenty of concerns surrounding what could potentially go wrong. If this project is go ahead and is fruitful, these genetically engineered mosquitoes could be deployed to more regions around the world where mosquitoes spread disease, but that's still a big if. So, the only issue, and I'm going to let you take this, but the only issue that I have with this is it seems like a COVID-19 vaccine type of thing where it's like, this is going to be good for you because we're going to get rid of the mosquito population. However, you know, there's, there's a little bit of risk involved because you could catch these potentially fatal diseases. Um, but don't worry. You're, you're going to have like 30 less mosquitoes at your house this year than you did last year. Um, and, and that's kind of my, my take on it is like their, their way of saying, uh, this is why we're doing this. It's for your benefit, right? Like wear a mask. It's for the good of everybody. Well, show me the science motherfucker, please show me peer reviewed studies. Then I might consider it, but no anyways. So I feel like this is a tactic that they use a lot. And it's also a tactic that I feel like they're trying to work their way to get 
they're fucking evil. They do not look at human life the way that normal people like you and I look at life. They, they look at us as slaves, as sheep, as, as people, not people, not people. They look at, they look at it. Yes, exactly. As resources to help the machine keep going. Right. We are, we're the gas that keeps the motor going. And uh, in their eyes, uh, they only need a certain amount of us and we're just experiments to them. So when you brought this to my attention the other day, I was, I was pissed. And then I started thinking, yo, why does everybody think that Ron DeSantis is so based the governor of Florida and he's out there speaking for people's rights. And yet he's allowing them to release these genetically modified mosquitoes on his own fucking people makes no goddamn sense to me. So I'm out here now and I don't put it past Gavin Newsom to do any, I mean, I, Honestly, if Gavin Newsom was given the green light, he'd probably be like, all right, everybody show up to the conservation camps. And uh, you know what I mean? So um, this is this is really alarming in California because California is heavy, heavily populated, uh, very liberal. So there's not going to be a lot of pushback on this law because most people here <laughs> don't even care to see what's going on. They're just like, oh, the news is telling me that um, they don't push back on anything. Yeah. No, the, the, the news is telling me that uh, we can teach critical race theory to our children, and that's totally okay. Uh, we're going to have transgenders come and read books to our, our kids and teach them about sex before they even know anything about sex and shouldn't know anything about sex. I, I, and then they're like, oh, don't be a homophobic. I'm like, bro, our kids in kindergarten should not know anything about this but why do they say phobic anyways i'm like i'm not scared i'm not scared if someone's gay like you could call someone a bigot or something but they're like you're transphobic i'm like well i'm not scared of a trans person like it's not like i'm like oh like a spider or something you know what i mean like i hate that word demonization (laughs) yeah demonization you know like uh the typical you know fallacial tactics look if you want to transition and you truly feel like you want to cut off your penis or you want to, I don't know how it works the other way around. If you turn your vagina inside out, whatever, whatever it is that you guys need to do <laughs> to feel like you are who you are, then by all means, go do sure. it. Do not talk to my kids about it. Do not Especially talk grade. to our kids about it at all. Okay. They don't need to know anything about this. They're already confused trying to figure out the world. It's a very hard world out there. And you guys are bombarding them with things that they should not know anything about right now. Yeah. Junior, senior high school, college. That's when you start talking about something like that. And if anybody does think of something to do that, especially something that you can't ever change, you should probably wait till you're 25 when your brain's fully developed. Even at 25, bro. When well, I, to make the decision, I'm saying like, I'm saying like, don't make a hasty decision. If you make a hasty decision at a young age of something that's irreversible, that's that's very detrimental to your life. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying like, hey, live your life, do your thing, man. And then just uh, before you make that, wait till you have enough time in your brain to really think things through. Like, don't let people push you into it. That's what I if mean. If you can't like, get a tattoo until you're 18, you know, why should you be able to do something else that's like so you intense can't- and irreversible? Like. You can't drink alcohol or smoke cigarettes. There you go. You're 21 years old. Right. And if you, and if you walk into your school office and talk to your nurse and you're like, I don't know, 
seven or eight. And you're like, I'm not sure that I was supposed to be a boy. And they're like, okay, we're going to help you. My parents don't want me to, don't want me to do this. That's okay. We're going to help you. Okay. Now let's just change that a little bit. So this kid just walked in. He said he wants to cut his penis off because he's not sure if he is a boy or not. Okay. Now, what if a kid walks in 10 minutes after him and he says, my left arm just doesn't feel like it belongs to me and I want to cut it off. Mm -hmm. Are they going to be like, don't worry, we're going to help you cut your arm off. Mm -hmm. You know, Tim brings this up on Tim cast IRL uh, occasionally when, when the subject comes up, because I'm a pretty avid watcher of Tim cast. Yeah. Yeah. I I watch him, you know, I watch all of his IRL shows. uh, And I mean, like, I can't say I agree with everything, but I agree with a lot. You know, and I like the characters that he has on the show and stuff. And so it's somewhere where I get a lot of my information and it's somewhere where I find things to kind of delve deeper into that lead me into other topics, you know, and it's why I know what you're talking, know about what you're talking about right now. That's, you know, definitely some of the news that I I follow consistently, but it's the same point. I'm hearing you make the same point. You know, body dysmorphia is not going to be treated the same way as transgender. And I don't mean to get off point from the mosquitoes or anything, but I, I feel like it's it's like the same tactic that they're using on every level, right? They're using the same playbook to, yes. to get across what they want to get across. And it was just so disgusting to me that Jen Psaki was out there the other day crying <laughs> that, that Florida passed this bill where they're not going to allow these kids to transition or even talk about it to these young kids and like that's you wearing a fucking russian hat before you were the press secretary go fuck yourself (laughs) (laughs) but like i think it's i think they're designed for each region you know what i'm saying like what you do in northern california can't be done in 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 dakota or you know what i'm saying so that's why like you were saying earlier about like these mosquitoes and you know people going ah ron DeSantis. like i had a Earlier uh, this week, like I posted something about everybody's like, yeah, masks are done. And I'm like, yeah, but we're still getting growth by TSA. But okay, like (laughs) we got one, I guess. And people got upset and they were like, yeah, well, we need TSA. A lot of people started voicing to me like we need TSA because terrorists. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. man, like Uh, they can't see the (laughs) yeah, they can't see the correlation because I always tell them, I go the right is to terrorism that COVID is to the left. You know, it's the same thing. It's just, you, you, you re, you know, it's something like the terrorism, like that with the left is more liberal heart is going to be like, go like, Oh, well, look how they live and blah, 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 blah. But with a, 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 a cold or disease, they're like, Oh man, a lot of people are germaphobes anyways. And they're like, Oh, we could die from that. And it becomes that selfish nature where we're like, well, if it's going to be me get killed because they know that the, and I was like, the odds of you getting killed by COVID or a terrorist attack are probably the same. Or like, <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, it's, it's <sighs> so so I know this is important to you guys because you live here in California as well as I do. Um, I've been trying to decide whether I want to stay here and fight for our rights and fight against these radical lefts. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm a right wing person at all. Like, I'm not a Republican, and I think it's fucking funny that as soon as I start to debate people, they call me a Republican or a, or a racist or a white national, and I'm like, yo, I'm just critically fucking thinking. Yeah. Like, both, 
both wings belong to the same fucking bird. You got me fucked up. I'm not a Republican. <laughs> We're definitely, I think, a lot more libertarian than anything else. Um, but, you know, I don't really align with politics because, like, as far as I'm concerned, politics are bullshit. Like, I, I consider myself uh, an agnostic, existential, nihilistic anarchist. Um, and I just... Uh, the way the or the way that I understand politics, at least, you know, is it it's a group of people making the decisions about the dissemination of resources and the way of life for the rest of us, and like that's something that I just innately disagree with. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred. I'm on board. Yeah, <laughs> like, we should do the choir right here. Yeah, I was like, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's reel it back to the mosquitoes. So what brought this to your attention? I know this is important to you. Uh, what do you think we can do to stop this from happening? And I know you, you told me it's not too late. Uh, so I'm like, get on my show and tell people what we can do. So what, what, what do you, so, first off, before you say, what can we do? What, what are the scare, what are not the scare tactics, but what are the harmful effects outweigh whatever it is that they're trying to tell us like, Oh, we're going to get rid of however percent of the population of mosquitoes. Like, well, so do the, to begin do the with, benefit, do the benefits outweigh the negatives in this no, situation? That's the thing is, is like, uh, they're leading with a lie, a theory. Uh, and theory. you know, there are, um, there's public documents that actually show that um, the efficacy is not there. So what I did was I found an article, it's a .org site. Um, and I just, I, I highlighted a couple of things that I wanted to bring to, to people's attention. If Please. I can. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so a, a spokesperson for Oxitec told the San Bernardino Sun that it had reduced a agepti numbers in an area by 98%. This is these mosquitoes that spread the disease. Uh, but that claim is not publicly verifiable as US regulators permit companies to maintain their internal data as confidential business information. Now, first of all, I, I understand that they allow for these companies to keep this information, this data private, but if they have a, pro, a, a point to prove I don't understand why they wouldn't come forward to the public with the data that proves that point. But to continue is that what publicly available data there is on the genetically engineered mosquitoes do not indicate efficacy at that level. In 2012, confidential Oxitec documents obtained by the British group GeneWatch UK showed that 15% of genetically engineered animals were able to survive to adulthood. Wow. What, what was so, the percentage of that? 15%. And, and, and so. Okay. So they're um, going to, so they're saying they're going to cut the mosquito population down. Yes. 85% by doing so they're claiming, so Here is the proof that that's, that's, that's not that's true. their claim. Right, right, right. But here's the proof that that's not true. After contracting with Oxitec for two years and releasing millions of genetically engineered mosquitoes, Cayman Island officials were set to renew their contract. 
but data from the trials indicated serious problems, leading to the territory's environmental health minister to tell the Edmonton Journal the scheme wasn't getting the results we were looking for. Briefing documents again under, uncovered by Gene Watch indicated no significant reduction in the abundance of mosquitoes in the released area, and further found that the number of biting, disease-spreading females had actually increased. Cayman Island officials indicated concern that the approach could be spreading antibiotic resistance or make mosquito-borne diseases worse by lowering immunity. So we're looking at the opposite effects that they're claiming they're going to achieve and their leading line being a complete and total lie. It's fucking the exact same thing as this goddamn vaccine. Yes. So is yes. it, uh, um, is the intent, like what their intent supposedly, is it supposed to eliminate mosquitoes so that like there's less disease or like what is their, so, their here, reasoning me, to do this i'll explain to you okay what they do is they genetically engineer these male mosquitoes and release them into the population um and the genetic engineering that they do is making them dependent uh -oh. on a certain antibiotic in order to grow to maturity Okay, and so when they, these, these males mate with the females, um, the, male, the male mosquitoes that are born carry this gene and pass it on. The females can't make it to maturity to reproduce without this antibiotic. However, in some of the, the, the research in this .org article that I found, um, it actually says uh, that because this antibiotic is available some places, you know, in the environment, a lot of these mosquitoes do end up surviving to adulthood and being able to breed. And this is what could create cause, you know, future resistance, you know, to this gene therapy to begin with, you know, which uh, to me could lead to, um, you know, like a, an uncontrollable, um, you know, population of these mosquitoes that are now more resistant, maybe more aggressive. You know, there's, there's so many... And possible outcomes. Yeah, and can carry diseases. Yes, it, I mean, it, and and so I'm not going to go in, into it right here and and read from the article. But in the article, I did read that the places like in California that they're proposing to do this do not even suffer from these diseases that they're talking about, and that uh, the only reason that they're worried about diseases like that in those areas is from you know uh, populations traveling from one place to another you know so like if populations are coming from places where these diseases from the mosquitoes um are present such as south and central america you know then they could be bringing some of these diseases with them and, and things like that they you know there's also you know the traveling of, of people means you know the possible traveling of these mosquitoes too you know, and, you know, like Amber pointed out to me either or earlier, you see Florida do it, okay, or sorry, Florida do it, and, and that's actually the main reason I'd never live in Florida anymore. I liked Florida when I visited, you know, but because of the mosquito thing caused me to never consider living in Florida again. 
And now they want to do it over here in California. And that's the two coasts of this entire country. And so what I feel like, and what she pointed out, you know, is it's kind of like releasing a weapon that can close in on the population, you know, and just, and then who knows what happens when they meet. And... Well, I, I also, I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't dive too deep down into this, but I, I do want to do a little bit of research. So when I was looking into this, I saw that the first place they're going to release this is in Tulare County. Now, Tulare County is in central California, yep. meaning it has the opportunity to spread north and south. Yes. And then they're planning on doing it north and south of there furthermore. So when, San Bernardino. This, so when is this supposed to take place? And what can we do to make our voices heard to fucking stop this shit? Okay, so I got this date, um, April 30th, 2023, across 15,600 acres in Stanislaw, Fresno, Tulare, and San Bernardino counties. And this is uh, the EPA approval Oh, wow. so they're going Stanislaus, San Bernardino, and Tulare. So they're basically going and southern, Fresno. northern. Oh, so they're going southern, northern, central, and. But and, I think so they're they're covering California basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what I yeah. so maybe what I read was not correct, but what well, I said. That I think they're the first, starting in one place. I think they're starting in one place. So I think what you the first read batch maybe, I saw was Tulare County. Yeah, yeah, that's probably which is right. which what I looked into is mostly a farming community. Yeah. Yeah. And that is scary because those farming communities, like, I don't know if you guys realize this, but like, I know larva for mosquitoes uh, grows in water. However, that doesn't mean that these mosquitoes cannot get on, like, let's say uh, Tulare is producing, I don't, I, whatever vegetable they're producing and they're, and they're putting it out to the rest of the population, not even in California. If it's a big farming community, they're putting it out to the United States, and right? And you're creating an invasive uh, species. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. have you seen like in like Australia, like, or where there's wild deer, anytime you add to the ecosystem and something that's not normally there, it, who knows what could happen? You know what I mean? Like if they start mm -hmm. infecting, like you said, different fruits or different vegetables that we have or, or affecting the crops, or w maybe they, uh, you know, kind of uh, evolve from whatever, like having too much of that, like um, what, uh, that pen what are we saying? That um, antibiotic. antibiotic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we don't know where it would go. Like, I remember there's an old story like in uh, like Australia, like they were trying to get rid of frogs or something like that, like or rats <laughs> or something. And they brought snakes and not, like they can't get. Uh, and when you bring, I mean, the Simpsons kind of made an episode about that. They had like uh, actually the bro, mongoose that was, and this. That was Guatemala. <laughs> that was Guatemala, and Guatemala has. Australia <laughs> did it too because with cats, they have like an um, insane amount of cats. So also, right now they're infested with like mice in certain areas in like Australia too, but. It, that's what happens. You don't know what's going to happen and it could be catastrophic to everything. So we have multiple instances. I, I, meant, I meant to say Guam, <laughs> not Guam. Guatemala. Guam, Guam. Has, Guam has an extreme case of snakes that are not actually from there that are taking over and killing the natural wildlife that is there. And if we want to get into it and we're talking about how Florida seems to be this like a uh, Petri dish, uh, they also have a very huge snake problem in uh, 
in uh what what is it called uh there in in florida where they're actually these snakes are actually growing big enough to kill the alligators and shit that are there in the um the, Ever, is it the everglades is that what it's the everglades? The everglades yeah okay yes. oh, yeah. and so these snakes are not native to there and they got introduced and now they're completely taking over and killing all the natural oh, wildlife shit. including the alligators well it's what you do when you fuck with the natural balance so yeah that's that's what's something that i I, i'm against but also when you guys say like you know i mean we're talking about disease you know and i know that that's bad and and what it could do to like the ecosystem of where it's at what about the potential of just like spying on us like like because there's already cia bugs (laughs) you know i know it's been in movies and people think it's you know, just, oh, yeah, we see that in the James Bond movie. But it's really a thing. Like, I've read plenty of articles where there's CIA, like, you know, different little microscopic bugs that – is that what you know that it's going to be used as well? Like, is there any information on that? Bro, hang on. Before you answer that, JP, let's just go back to the 80s. Let's just go back to the 80s when CIA started bugging people. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, dude, you're, you're you're dragging me down a rabbit hole, but I'll make it brief for for a, for a Yo, while. This is now. white rabbit. What do you <laughs> for a while now? I've been saying like I think that maybe insects are like uh, from like so they're from the future, but they're from the future in the sense that like uh, they came through space like from um maybe like where we end up in the future or something you know like and ended up or I, I don't know like like but they've always seemed like spy devices for from aliens more than from humans to me like that that there's some like uh spies that the aliens sent out into the universe to just like disperse through space and like land on planets and send back like all this data and information about what's actually going on 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 all these different planets so that these master alien races they're like like, like alien drones basically disguised as like (laughs) organic actual no, but that's the thing it's like organics and machines are starting to mix you know like they're getting that's the whole transhumanism agenda (laughs) I mean, and I've got this article about these nano machines that can self-replicate and stuff. And like, this is why I'm saying almost like from the future, because like we are starting to catch up to this technology where we can create machines that can um, self-replicate, that can store energy from from light and stuff, you know, so they can be completely autonomous. They can carry out their missions um, through generations and generations yep. and generations. And it, it's like an undefeatable spy device that is just so ingenious by this alien race that has tabs on every single star and planet in the entire universe that they can reach with their little bugs bro i wish i could i wish i could agree with you, but. <laughs> but staring at like i mean if you look at it, if, maybe man. maybe <laughs> mantis looks like a, a pretty look uh like an alien man. Right. i mean like that's For something sure. like <laughs> but, but guys everybody listening to the show you know me i'm catalyst Space is fake and gay. There is no. Oh, that's right. (laughs) There is a firmament above us, and what is beyond that firmament is exactly what it says in the Bible, and it's fucking water. So any aliens is interdimensional, and they are demonistic, or they were created here. 
this is where we live. Now, Possibly. where do we live? <laughs> is that infinite? I believe where we live is infinite because we're only shown this little tiny little group of continents. And then we have General Admiral Byrd come out there and say, I went past Antarctica and there's continents bigger than the United States. And then he got killed. So. Sure. So maybe the bugs came from out there. Yeah. and so did agents i think because they look nothing like other people they're all fucking wealthy like do you ever see a poor asian person in the united states i like, yeah yeah always, i have a lot <laughs> i've always had this like theory ever since i was like 18 i was like but this is when i believed in outer space i'm like i think asians are actually aliens because they come up with all our technology <laughs> They don't look anything like us. <laughs> like, how easy is it to learn Chinese? It's really not that easy. No, no I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Hey, you know what a tardigrade is? No, what's that? Oh, man. Tardigrades, they're water bears. You got to go look them up. They're like these little one Oh, yeah. Animals. Those things are dope. And then they yeah. show them under the microscope. They look like. Yeah, and they like live through space. Well, you don't believe space. Yeah, but they can. They, well, they can survive outside our yeah. atmosphere, technically, you know. But like they, these intense pressures. We haven't and even proven. We haven't even proven gravity. How are we talking about what's outside of I our mean, fucking atmosphere I'm or bubble? Saying, like, or bubble. I, I, I could subscribe to a lot of the stuff in space. I think there's a lot of. Um, I mean, I don't want to go down that 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 rabbit hole of uh, of flat. Earth. No, fucking <laughs> I entertain. I entertain it all. I'm a graphic I, designer. No, I Every it. time I look at anything NASA puts out, I'm like, I could have done a better job. Yeah, dude, uh, you I, should I, check out Suspicious Observers though. They do these short videos every day, and this guy's totally into it. He's really smart, like all the Earth science, all the space science, the sun science. Like he talks about light is. and space weather. It's really interesting. And the thing is, is like I entertain all ideas. I have no beliefs that I that I have control over. I have let go of all belief because belief closes the door to possibilities. Yeah, you can't be you rooted believe- into anything. I think you could believe in things. I just think you can't be rooted into things. That's the problem with society nowadays to me is every idea people are rooted in. I'm the same way. I'm like, I give you 50-50. I go, I'll give you 50%. Like, I'll listen because anything could be possible. There's no way that I can tell you it's round, it's flat, it's triangle. There's no way I can. But then when like when you say it's 100%, I can't. I go, I don't know about that. You're, <laughs> you're for sure, but you can't prove it. Like, I'm like, 50, I'll give you because there's a possibility. Well, We're I'm, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, I, I, if, uh, <laughs> as far as flat earth goes, I'm not saying I'm a hundred percent, but I'm saying I'm, I'm close because there is no evidence proving that we live on a fucking globe. And there is thousands of evidences proving that we don't. If we Have lived on flat, the- there wouldn't be mosquitoes. Dude, I've spent <laughs> 10 fucking years. I've spent 10 fucking years trying to prove that flat earth was the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. And the only thing that's ever come from it is, holy shit, I was wrong again. You know I, who not I was fucking fooled again. That, that's, all I, that's all I wanted to say. 
So <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to flabbergast are you Jesus fuck. No, no, but I just I want to say y'all should go check out Nassim Harman too. Uh, the Resonance Project. That's, that's some real, really, really interesting. This dude's a mathematician. He's crazy genius, and he does this math that uh, he like uh, he predicted the size of the mass of a proton. And every time that science gets closer and closer to measuring the mass of a proton, it gets closer and closer to his prediction and stuff. And like uh, he talks about how protons are actually like these black holes, you know, and that there's no gluons. But, you know, the, the these black holes, you know, their, their, their physics on that scale of, of, of mass, you know, on that magnitude of existence actually is what's holding, you know, these particles together that they're calling like they're saying, dude, he crazy physicist gets just way be way over my head to be honest, you know, but I just watch it and I, I try to absorb it and I try to understand it as best I can, you know, and then it helps me build on my own ideas and theories from, from everything yeah. that I do understand and comprehend. And, you know, I find that in the long run, you know, I, I think that I start understanding more and more and stuff, or I, I have a, a slightly greater capacity to, to grasp things that I didn't understand before, but just saturating myself with not only things that I understand and agree with, but things that I'm not so sure about that I don't fully understand, and, and even things I outright disagree with. <laughs> uh, I yeah, mean, totally. Well, with that being said, and, and how you were talking about like the black holes and shit, and what do you, what do you think about what's going on with CERN? What do you, what, what are you guys' thoughts oh, on that? Man, that's scary. That's all I got. I think that it's scary as shit, and that in any moment they could collapse our entire existence with shit like that they're doing. Do you think that, uh, I don't know if you guys believe in a uh, God or a creator or source, or Akashic here, flow, here by energy. chance, I don't know what you guys believe, but I, I believe that there, there's no way that this is by chance. This is just infinite feedback loop. All of, all of the sudden, boom, there's something out of nothing. No, no it's a feedback loop. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but I, 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 I don't have an answer for, for where it came from or, or what source is, but what it appears to be is an infinite feedback loop, you know, where it's this separating from itself to be able to perceive itself, to be able to reconnect and learn what it experienced separate from itself, because if it's part of itself, you know, and it is all knowing, you know what I mean? Then it can't really learn anything new. It has to separate from itself to have a separate experience from all knowingness and then return to all knowingness to share that separate experience. You know what I mean? And so like, I think of all life and existence, like from, from planets to stars, to people, to bacteria, one-celled organisms and atoms as these like fingers of the amoeba of source, you know? And as it stretches out, it appears to be disconnected. You know, we live this life you know, but then we die and the arm of this uh, amoeba of all-knowing source comes back in and it, it, we share this appearing experience. experience that appeared to be disconnected, you know, because we didn't know all, but we weren't fully disconnected. You know what I mean? Like, I do think that we are connected to it all, but in order to be having the experience that we are, we cannot know it all. 
So like there is no intention in trying to know it all other than to gain, like I literally think that the purpose of our existence is to gain experience, to bring back to source so that it can learn about itself and evolve and be the infinite feedback loop that the universe and source is. Wow, that's a pretty incredible theory. I, I actually like that. I, I, I actually, <laughs> did you come up with that on your own? I like that a lot, actually. <laughs> I, I didn't come up with it on my own. What it was, was I have done a, a good amount of psychedelics in my life, you know, and so I, I have relinquished the things that I once be believed in, you know, to be able to be open to receive the information of the, the possibilities, and then being the sponge soaking up everything from the things that I don't even understand to the things I disagree with to building on the things that I do understand and agree with to to be able to put all these different things together and like when they're all floating around you know they start to like be like like this 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 like something that is similar between two of them that are appear appear to be unrelated all of a sudden is like whoa boom the the similarity appears between two things that appear to be unrelated and i make this connection and then upon that connection i i realize a new concept that i didn't realize before based on these two other concepts that i knew before that appeared to be unrelated and then these new concepts start doing the same things and so the more i get and absorb the more these fire these things fire off you know and and this new ideas come through but i don't even believe that it's me necessarily like as far as i'm concerned it's just me letting go of uh, needing to to have this perception of control, you know, because to me, the only thing that really, really have control over in this existence is ourselves. But when we can get into a place where we're comfortable and safe enough to let go of control over ourselves, we can allow this objective perspective or Akashic uh, flow to come through us and to enlighten us to the things that we are allowed to know, you know, and I think that as we go and we prove ourselves more and more, we are allowed to know more and more. But I also think that we will never evolve to the next true potential step of humanity until we are all on the same page of enlightenment. And that means like to not be willing to uh, uh, choose physical conflict uh, in an attempt to solve or settle any dispute because once every single person alive decides for themselves because every day i take the control over myself to choose to resolve any and all conflicts non-physically and to only defend myself physically if i am physically attacked because in my opinion self-defense is not violence it is a preservation of peace but until we can all take that step to refuse to engage in physical conflict other than in self-defense we cannot feel safe that our fellow man and woman or you know our fellow brothers and sisters or just our, our fellow people 
because <laughs> I do try to be respectful regardless of what I think about all the silliness going on. But until all of us people can feel safe with one another, we cannot truly evolve into this place of love that can open us up to more true potentials than we currently have access to. Because if we currently had access to them, they would be corrupted and we would use them in ways that would ultimately destroy ourselves. And so our limited potential is nature's way of helping us from not destroying ourselves so that we can reach a place where we are able to attain these potentials beyond our current capacities. But it's gonna take steps that we have to all choose for ourselves by our own willpower, not under the force of consequence, to treat each other the way that we want others to treat us, to refuse violence as any kind of solution, you know, and to work together to protect one another, to provide for one another the way that we provide for ourselves first, and to be able to defend ourselves from anything that wants to do us as an organism harm. Because I think there's much greater threats out there than one another. And so we've got to stop living under these psychos who, who have us under this button of nuclear threat. And we've got to rise up and we've got to take our power back and we've got to choose for ourselves to stop giving our power away. And once we stop giving our power away, we won't have to use physical violence to stop the psychopaths that we've allowed to get into power. I definitely go ahead. John. I was going to say, uh, and I think the way we can get there, uh, like a lot of we always talk about that, I think to get the unity to get is is to find understanding. You know what I mean? We have to have understanding of each other and, and everything that the existence of understanding that your life may be different than my life. The experiences that I've had may not go exactly as everybody, you know, right here on this or in this room or in this yeah, city. Yeah. Like every experience is personal and it's it's different to have an understanding and, and empathy for people and uh, their situations. And I think once we find an understanding, then we can build off that because then that, that becomes our, Oh, I don't need to attack you. I don't need to defend myself against you because we have an understanding of uh, we may be different. Uh, you may want different things, but I don't expect too much out of you and you don't expect too much out of me. And we kind of give it that balance. But right now it's like people want understanding for what they're going through or who they are but they don't want to give the understanding and empathy. It has I feel to be like, mutual respect. I feel like we would Definitely. have so much more mutual respect if we didn't have these authoritarian leaders that thought they were so much better than us that are trying to control and govern how we think, what we do with our bodies, what we do with each other and try to polarize us against each other because that's all it is, is, is the longer that we're divided, then the longer it is that we're realizing who our real oppressors are. And the funny thing is, is everybody's like, oh, America, land of the free. Really? Are we, are we really that free? Yeah. Are we, do me a favor. I'm going to hit pause right now. I'll come back, go outside, and walk in the middle of the street and take a piss. And tell me how free you are when then the you'll cops be on a list. show up with your with your hands <laughs> behind your back. All right. Now, when we have these authoritarian people that think that they're above humanity because that's how they were groomed, that's how they were raised. Every these world le world leader 
programs that they go through. They get groomed from a very young age. Even the people that we look up to that we think are they're just these normal people that came out of nowhere and all of a sudden they're just this famous musician and they're so awesome no motherfucker that person has been groomed since they were a child they've been approved by the establishment exactly right and i think that that's what's happening right now on a bigger scale when they rolled out this whole COVID thing is like who's gonna play and who's not now we can separate these people and yep. now we can polarize them even more because yep. we create this entire conflict over here. And it's like, if you don't do this, then you don't care about humanity and you're killing us. And it's like, well, wait, I actually read the science and wearing a mask doesn't actually do anything but harm yourself. So that's just divide and conquer, man. You but know? I think it's uh, deeper too. Like, have you guys seen, I don't know if either of you have seen, um, uh, James Corbett's piece called uh, Hopium. It's uh, like uh, a pretty much uh, like how politics in America, like how people are just rally around, you know, get uh, vote for Ike shirt, Nixon, bumper stickers, like and he kind of brings it all the way to Obama to Trump. And it's something that I've always felt. It's kind of like I always call it CIA 101. You know what I mean? You create two polarizing forces to collide against each other. And that's what I've always felt like Trump and Obama was. But with his uh little piece of hopium he's talking about the psyche of the people and the people needing a hero and and that's why we see in the movie you know what i mean like uh, everybody's down we're on the floor but all of a sudden the hero flies in swoops in saves us all it's all good right we're all about to die but the hero's gotta us. be the people on the floor that's you know who the hero's gotta it, be bring up the hero too it is i'm starting to see people call elon musk uh mm -hmm. iron man <laughs> Uh, they're bringing are, that back. That, they were calling him like that. Are, they were calling him Tony Stark for a while. Uh, well, I mean, seriously, though, this guy's trying to put fucking implants in your brain. You know what? Hey, he here's, owns here's... SpaceX. Right, there is right. No I, such thing as space. Yeah. I don't like. I don't like. If there were, if there's, a, if there is a, a thing as space, you know, like because I do a lot of astrology and stuff, and that's based on the stars. And so, however, that does work. You know what I mean? I'm not Which, saying there's not stars. We obviously but, look no. up and we see those things, right? Okay, so, but so what but I'm your saying, perspective of stars and my perspective of stars right. is totally different. But so, so what I'm saying is like studying astro astrology. Um, astronomy is part of astrology because astrology is based on astronomy, you know. And so, what he's doing with SpaceX is actually disturbing the night sky that is making it difficult to perform um, astronomical studies and research, you know, which it also uh, interferes with the practice of uh, astrology. And I also, you know, through the practice of practice of astrology think that we are connected to the stars and so i think that the disruption of this light is making a disconnect between you know us and this energy you know that that is a strong part of us um but i also i also as far as you know hooking up to the whole cyber link or whatever it is i'm like yo dude you want to do that <laughs> do that you know like <laughs> as long as they don't try to force it on me you know what I mean? Like, and hey, maybe eventually the whole world will be on it. You know what I mean? But that's a different world than the world I live in and the world I come from. You know, like the world I come from, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me unless I let them. You know, like, whereas today, like, people want to, like, charge you with a crime for a word or something, you know, like, yeah. you didn't, I didn't, it, like, I don't 
I'm getting to the age. I turned 40 last year. You know what I mean? I'm getting to the age where I'm recognizing that there is a different world culminating and the world of, of me is, is coming to pass. You know what I mean? And like the thing is, is I can accept that. One of the problems I find with humanity is that they reject death. People reject death like it's a bad thing, but it's the only thing that's guaranteed in life. In fact, I think it's something that should be revered and worshipped. And not that I want to kill everyone because I worship yeah. death, but to worship the passing from this experience and the, the rejoining um, uh, of the uh, to source, to, to bring back you know, our purpose, to, to ultimately not. serve purpose. Yes, but maybe not worship is the right word. Maybe celebrating is the right word. Celebrate what, what, you know what I'm saying? But like, I do worship serving my purpose. And I think that ultimately when I die, my purpose is served. If my purpose is to bring an experience back to where I come from. And as far as I'm concerned, I come from where I return to. So, you know, like upon death, I return to where I came from in birth, you know, and my purpose is served. And it's something that I can, I, I can embrace, <laughs> but I've had a hard life too. So yeah. if you've had a cushy life, I can see how it can be more difficult to embrace something so unknown, you know, but when you have experienced an amount of hardship, not just conditional, but hardship that I've done to myself as well, the, you're oftentimes a little bit more open to the unknown experiences that you're less familiar with. Yeah, I can, I can subscribe to what you're saying. Like I have a, like a, maybe not the similar belief, but like I was saying, it's just like, to me, it's like our own path. Like it's my journey to wherever I have to uh, obtain. And, and to me to, I would, I think it's arrogant for people to be like, Oh, are you for sure? This is this. And like, I, I I'm nothing against the Bible or any religion. I don't know. Right. Like I can't personally tell you like since a young age, I remember they were and I would think like, okay, so if Christianity is the right religion, so this, uh, someone in a Muslim country, their whole family's Muslim, their whole town's Muslim, their whole country's Muslim. And they're supposed to know that Christianity is the right religion. They're like, Oh, they'll get a sign. But then how are you going to believe that sign when every single person, you know, uh, believes that and that's why i always thought religion that's when i started like being young and thinking of religion as a tool to manipulate people and kind of get them to do what they want or to make them uh what's it called obey or, or follow their commands and i think you're right i think it's expanding our mind of seeing what else is there like what is the i like kind of really like this uh idea of when we go where these energies right and i feel like if a lot of people pass away like with negative energy then that's when we go through these turmoils in, in the world you know because now there's all this negative energy so if we can build ourselves up and like you're saying like it's not easy don't get me wrong there's days that i'm like i can accept that and some days i'm like oh i don't know man it's kind of crazy like you know what i mean but it's this balance and i think you're right if we can keep that positive energy that goes back into this the the universe the world or wherever we're at uh, I think it helps the world out and humanity as a whole. Yeah, I, I don't, I definitely don't agree with that. Uh, <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I offer <laughs> a perspective that might tie us, us all together real quick? And, and I'm going to give credit. All four <laughs> of us, all four. And, and I know that you two are, are like this, <laughs> but like we were talking about experiences, like, Jay, your experiences, your experience is so much different than Amber's experience, even though you guys are experiencing yeah. it together. It's a 100%. totally different experience. 100%. Right? So yep. yes, please go ahead and give me your perspective. I just wanted to throw that out there. 
Dude, okay, so I'm going to give credit to where I, I gained this perspective, um, but I just think that it is something that we all should start passing around to one another because it can really help us gain understanding of one another. Even if we don't agree or understand necessarily, this understanding of why we might not understand. Okay, so on TimCast, Tim started talking about how he sees these different perspectives and stuff. And he's talking about coming upon this mansion. All right. And there's these doors at the front and there's a little keyhole, but the door is locked and you hear stuff going on on the other side, you know, so, you know, there's something happening. And one person looks through the keyhole and they're like, Oh, you know, I see this guy and he's wearing this blue pants and he's moving so fast and, you know, and he's got, check it out. So someone else puts their eye up to the keyhole, you know, and they're like, no, nah, dude, I, I see some lady in a dress, you know, like, but really what's going on is all these people inside are dancing and moving around and there's this party happening. So everyone who looks to the keyhole sees something different because they're looking through the keyhole at different times. You know what I mean? So they're all arguing about their different perspectives, you know, but really they're all looking at the same thing, you know, whether it's a flat earth or whether it's space, you know what I mean? We're all getting glimpses of this objective truth, you know, through this small, small, narrow percep perception with it, which is our own subjective perception or experience. And so like to argue about it seems senseless, but to share it and collaborate on it and build it and explore all the possibilities that could be, I mean, why the fuck not, dude? <laughs> um, amen. <laughs> <laughs> so amber uh jp already said how he feels about it uh I, and i'm pretty sure you're not you're not a democrat right you know i really hate the labels it's so confining it's you're, so you're not, competitive okay, so you're not a democrat you're not a republican <laughs> However, I like to refer to myself as a naturalist. And it's so hard for me because I, I like I, I constantly tell myself all the time, like I'm not associated with one side or the other. And I'm not going to say the Republicans are the answer to all your problems. But I will say that the Democrats are the cause of like 95% <laughs> I for think now. it's a unit party. Right now for, a now, for now, for now, we go back to George Bush days, and I would, I would, it's, it's people on both out, sides, you know? right? The Democrats right. that were in I'm charge just, when my parents were my age is a totally different fucking story. But the pendulum know? swings back, man. The pendulum's gonna I swing like back. To That's think what of I keep myself as a non-interventionalist, and but I also like. I like to read between the lines and like they say Biden is the president who received the most votes ever. And so that makes me think he's actually the president who received the least amount of votes ever. <laughs> and honestly, I believe when the majority of people don't vote, that is democracy at its finest using its voice saying the system is not working. We need to vote on something else. We need to try something new. Yeah, I know. I just can't say don't go vote because even though the system is rigged, what are you going to do? You're just going to lay back and just let the other side. Well, well when you have a, when you have a essence of morality, you have to ask yourself, am I willing to compromise my values and choose between two evils, two wrongs? Do you compromise between two wrongs? Two sides of the same inefficacious coin. Or do you say, whoa, sold. I 
I can't be a part of this. Situation. But you do do other things. And, and not voting is an action. But let me just try to put it to you this way, okay? Um, the reason that I lost faith in democracy is because I realized that it's ultimate, it's the ultimate mob mentality. It oh, is God. majority People rule. On the Patriot Podcast Network are going to fucking crucify me for this one. Dude, no, okay, ready? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not a communist. I'm not an authoritarian. <laughs> I'm not, I, none of that stuff. But I'm not about democracy anymore. And it's because I no longer trust the majority from what I see around me. And when it's majority rule, which is what democracy is supposed to, the thing is, we're not even a real democracy. We're a constitutional republic. So anyone who hates this show, for me saying I'm anti-democracy, doesn't even know what democracy is because yep. the country of the United States is a constitutional republic and we're not even a real democracy. So, you know, they, they can hate all they want, but they don't even have the first clue. They need to get in because we need them to be informed because if they're not informed then the rest of us are screwed because no matter what it's been proven in the culture wars that we do rule by majority and if enough people think a certain way they can make what they want or what to be real happen and be real for the rest of us and so we need to start recognizing one another understanding one another and stop trying to compete and overtake side by side you know like you dude it's fighting into labels it, when we're all so, the same we're all on the same team here we're all on the same so planet dude voting is giving them permission to yes. voting well, is giving them I, permission to do their thing here's an idea Oh, this is what I've been kind of uh, uh, going around a little bit, throwing this and out. How about we do this? Everybody in America vote for me. They'd be like, <laughs> and if I don't win, if I don't win, let's prove it. Let's see if it works. I'll be like, hey, let's see if it works. And like Doesn't someone needs to do something Bernie like Sanders that. already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, romp, like tons of times. And it never it never works. And the person always, like you said, like. Uh, they get into play. They play these manipulation games, the propaganda games, and they get you thinking one way. And then now you're like, oh, yeah, Trump, uh, 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 Biden. And then like uh, James Corbett always says hey, the Pepsi Coke uh, challenge. You know what I mean? It's yep. Pepsi or Coke, man. What's the, really what's the it's difference? just division. It, it's it, just division. It is so divisive tactics but, but to go back to how the fucking whole voting thing works. Like, I don't care if you like Trump or you don't like Trump. If you have half a brain cell inside of your head, you know that that 2020 election was not fair. There's there was so a many shenanigans happening there. Whether there's you so like Trump or not, shit yeah. was going on. Yeah, dude, there's so many reasons that you're right. There's, there's like, actually, when you start really looking into it, there are a number of actual factors that that makes that a total correct there's statement. All, there's only so many... Um, anomalies that can happen until it's like right. okay this right. is this is something's going on right like there's only right. I, I, and um i totally so that got, I, I wanted though. to lead i wanted to lead this into something i love where <laughs> this is going but i'm gonna totally change this around because no. i what before I you do before you do real quick can i just say if you are gonna vote vote for me vote for me Okay, and if we all vote for M.E. Me, uh, when M.E. Me wins, they're going to fucking save us. <laughs> I love that. I, but back to what I said is 
is the Republicans are definitely not the answer to your fucking problems. It's true. But the Democrats right now, the Democrats we have right now are 95% of your, the cause (laughs) of your problems. And you guys both, Amber and, and JP, you both said this is like the, the popular uh, thought, you know, like how the majority of how people think, what is the best way to sway that opinion? Oh, I don't know. The news media telling people that um, what we're telling you is fact and you need to believe us. And then people don't even understand that we had uh, the what was the act called uh, that Obama had passed? Uh, the months. Um, no, it wasn't the months. Month. It wasn't months. The propaganda, the propaganda. Yes. So where the Smith's can- Months Act. Smith's. Smith's, yes. Smith's Months Smith's Act or something. Yes. Smith's Months Act, where they can legal, it's illegal to tell you propaganda. And I don't know if the average person listening to this knows what propaganda means, but that means the news can lie to you. Yes. To sway your precipitation, yes. right? And they are doing such a good job that DC Drano was out there today. This was posted on DC Drano's Instagram page today where he had this girl out there interviewing people about this abortion law that is about to pass in California due to late abortions. And let's hear what these people that worship their news anchors have to say about it. Aedes aegypti is a species of mosquito. Oh, shit. That's wrong, known- thing. wrong thing, wrong thing, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, got too many buttons on this thing. Here we go. Well, basically, like if they have their baby, they can neglect them for seven days. And if the baby dies, then they can't be held criminally liable. What do you think? Yeah, I think whatever like helps women and helps them achieve their like dreams and however that needs to like happen is definitely acts to help that is helping all of us. So So I prefer that most women make the decisions at eight weeks, but if but I'm also in support of 10 months out of the womb. So you think babies should be aborted 10 months after they're born? If if the mother wants to, yes. I think fuck them kids. So if like you want to get a late term abortion, like that's up to you. You know, I've had an abortion too, and it's it's it was my choice, and I'm happy I had that choice. I've had an abortion myself. Would you guys get an abortion again? Yes, one hundred times. Yeah. I do it multiple times until I feel that I'm ready to parent. Um, that's a choice I'll continue to make. So basically, like if they have their baby. Okay, so <laughs> is that you to lose faith in democracy? <laughs> this is the world that we fucking live in right now. Did you hear that guy? He said ten months after their. Hey, they stole my tweet. I got it. I got suspended. That means a person is almost a year old. A person is almost a year old. That means killing somebody. That can't be real. I watch. It's a, there's a video that goes along with it, and so. I'm actually going to have the video down in the corner. So when you guys are watching this, you're going to see that video while that played. But uh, these are real people. And this was in Los Angeles, California. And this is how (laughs) brainwashed these people are. This is murder. And I don't care how you feel about preterm abortion, uh, midterm, late term, anything. Like uh, once a life is a life, it's a life. And that's, that's my own opinion. And if they're not able to, and you brought this up 
earlier it of, of about violence unless you're unless you're protecting your yourself right these these children don't have the right to protect themselves they don't even have a fucking chance oh there's some weird people in that selfish video. people are using this as an abortion uh, uh, abortion as like uh some some type of uh, birth control, which I don't even want to go down the birth control rabbit hole right now. I you know how I feel about that, but uh, what I'm saying is, I mean, I don't know. Shouldn't we give every single life a chance, even if I, and and there's a lot of there's a lot of arguments on this, right? And and Sean, I know you and I have we brought up abortion maybe once or twice on our show, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like there's an important thing to be made here and and um it's it's that life is life right and and i feel like the only time that abortion should be allowed is if like the baby is forming in a place inside of the woman where it's going to kill both the mom and the child then you have to make that decision but yeah they they don't technically consider an ectopic pregnancy an abortion when they they get rid of that so i think that's the only time that that that's an an acceptable argument i mean even when people are like well my father raped me and that's a horrible fucking thing and that happens to a lot of fucking people by the way like it's horrible horrible thing that that happens to anybody and i'm not saying that it's okay but i'm saying that's not that problems that's not the child's fault right so even if you don't want to raise that kid, why do you get to play God and say it doesn't have a chance because of the traumatic experience that happened to me? I, do I don't. Wanna, maybe I'm wrong do, on this. You do you want to hear Amber's take or my take first? I would. I would love to hear Amber's take because I would love to hear a female's uh, take mm. on this. Um, because I, I'm just baffled. I, I feel like adrenochrome and satanic rituals and and baby sacrifice is huge, and that's what these elites are all about. And that's what uh, Planned Parenthood was. It was a mass ritual of human sacrifice, and and babies are innocent. And I don't care if you believe in God. I don't care if you believe in Satan. These people do. And they truly believe that they are sacrificing these things in the better of their own. Uh, it's just, it's fucking disgusting. Fuck, fuck Planned Parenthood. Fuck <laughs> Disney. Fuck Nickelodeon. Uh, fuck anybody I don't know, basically. <laughs> but yes, I would love to hear your opinion, Amber. Oh, um, is it me? My yeah, here. I'm looking for another headphones. Bueller. Oh, sorry, my earpiece died. Uh, I guess, like, one of the first things that came to mind for me is when you said the word allowed to have an abortion, because I don't really believe in controlling other people, you know, especially somebody else's body. Um, but regarding, you know, aborting one-year-olds, you know, that is completely different conversation. That is murder, obviously, in my perspective. But isn't, but isn't an unborn body still a body? So well, you until, have to control over that body? In, 
my perspective until a child takes its first breath apart from the mother's body it is the mother's choice you know so, you, to so what is going to happen she's choosing what to feed that baby you know she could starve herself to have an abortion you know like so it's just have, so have, many case I scenarios i have a daughter and i had a connection with my daughter before she came out absolutely i don't know I, I had a connection so for you to say before that child takes its first first breath uh, i don't i do not i can't agree with that because i felt a connection and and i i can't explain it i it i 100 i believe it more than i believe that the earth is flat that my daughter knew i was there talking to her before she was born oh hold on one second hold on bro They gotta reset their router, bro. All right. I love bugs. Bugs, bugs, bugs. What is this? Is this a new beat? You're like, <laughs> You know, Jeremy makes beats too, bro. Oh, really? These are no. Nah, these are all like shit from like no agenda, like like this one, like. The best part of waking up is fluoride in my cup. <laughs> they got the best sound effects, man. Like, the science is in. Science. Yeah, these ones are fucking. Dude, have you heard the B.O.B. song? Fuck, fucking science, bro. <laughs> it's so my great. favorite one that I use. This is from uh, Eastbound and Down. I use this on a few podcasts already. Is this cracker ass honky motherfucker from this day forward is now the face of you guys? <laughs> Dude, play that, play that, play that when they come back on. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, that, that shit's awesome. awesome. How you doing there, dude? <laughs> Bye bye, motherfucker. 